Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Thank you all for being here this morning. Let's just bow our heads wherever you're at, Father. I just pray that you would anoint this service and that you would be with us uh, in our homes and in this moment. God, magnify your word when it is preached. Cause there to be a grace and an anointing there. God, give us ears to hear. I ask for myself that you would think through my mind and speak through my mouth. The words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord and my Redeemer. And every glad and happy heart say, man, even uh, touch your neighbor on the left or the right and just let them know you love them. And if there's no one in the room with you, I want you to know that God loves you so very much. And I have the privilege today to say, I love you as well. Um, we're going to be reading and continuing in our ser series called Love the City and reading out of Acts uh, 16 and verse 25 through 34. If you are new to our church, we like to read the Bible. You don't have to stand. I just feel if I read the portions of Scripture that I'm going to go through and you get to say them out loud, I believe something dynamic and powerful happens on, on your spirit. So I'll begin and you'll, I'll try to read um, uh, slow enough where everyone can read together. So whether you're young, old, get your Bible out. And if you don't have a Bible, the Scripture will appear on the screen. And I just want us to read together right now. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bonds was unfastened. You know, many times uh, I believe that we um, have a difficult time relating to scripture when we're not going through seemingly the same thing that the scripture says. But I think all of us can relate to this prison scene because our, we've been restricted or we've been confined or we've been limited in our activity. Paul was immobile. And what he wanted to do, he just simply couldn't do. And we're living in a world where we just can't do everything we want to do. But you know what? I believe in our confinement, it can help us see something. Sometimes our confinement can help us see something about our character and our nature. We see Paul and Silas here. They're not complaining. They're not arguing. They're not fighting. I think about my home and, and in my confinement and some other homes where, 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 where everybody is relating. I see kids who had a lot of freedom going to zero freedom. Um, kids frustrated and bored, looking for things to do, not understanding that they've got to stay confined. It could just be frustrating. I love that Paul and Silas are teaching us what we should do as a church, as a body of believers. This is the time to engage our Savior and our Lord. They begin to pray. Remember that word, prayer, is an exchange. It's where you send up prayer or call to God, and he answers you by showing you great and mighty things that you don't know. Can you imagine what they could see in their confinement? God showed them a vision of why they're there. He showed them a vision that this was not for naught that there was purpose in all of the pain that they went through. 
And that purpose that he was showing them allowed them to praise. I believe he would even probably show them that in Acts chapter 12, um, that a few years ago that a person named Peter, one of the apostles, was also in prison just like they were. And an angel showed up and actually, uh, while he was in between two guards, and helped him escape and took him out of the doors, something that was impossible to get out of. What if I told you when you pray and when you begin to worship God and you begin to invite his presence into your situation, he can, he can do something miraculous for you. You know what that miraculous thing is? He can cause the things that are holding you to shake. A whole, I'm going to call it a holy earthquake because even though this area was known for earthquakes, it did something unique. It not only shook the foundation of the prison that they were in, but it caused the chains around their feet and around their wrists to fall off. And everyone was set free. I love that the individual prayer and praise of Paul and Silas caused everyone else to be free. See, your confinement helps you see that God is after far more than just your individual freedom. In, 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 that, in that confinement, you know, that we have, we can see that we get restricted or we get limited. Somebody is telling you when to eat and when to sleep and, and what to do and, and, and when you get water. And that can be absolutely frustrating. Or when you're confined, you have to live alone with your thoughts and your patterns and your behaviors and your bad habits. You have to live in this world where you're stuck. But I've got good news for you. But every time you're confined, God will help you see what he's up to. And he's up to freedom for you and freedom for everyone that's around you. See, it's not a time to do nothing when you're confined. It's time to start speaking to God and surrendering all to God. I, I bet you, you know, Paul and Silas, you know, when you pray long enough, when you worship long enough, you just start repenting. Lord, I just know a few things that I don't have right, and I, and, and I surrender uh, uh, my lust. I, I surrender uh, a line. I sur surrender some unforgiveness. I, I surrender some bitterness. You just start worshiping them and giving up everything. And I love that while they were praying and worshiping, suddenly something happened. The chains around them were broken. God can break every single chain in your life. Whether it's one of your own making, whether it's one that is demonic, whether it's one that is brought by the government, every chain and everything that's trying to hold you can be broken. Now, I love what happens next. It's not just that their confinement would help them see. What did it help them see? Well, verse 27 shows us. And when the jailer woke up and he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword. And he was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. And Paul cried out with a loud voice, don't harm yourself, for we are here. Can you imagine that Paul has experienced and Silas have experienced a holy earthquake that has set them free and they never should have been captive and they're out of their confinement, but they don't leave. The jailer, on the other hand, wakes up and sees people being freed and he's failed at his job. In fact, he knows he's going to lose his job. In fact, he knows that he should lose his life because every Roman soldier that allows one of the prisoners to escape, it would cost him his life. Or he would have to take on the penalty, although it, it is a shameful thing to have happen. 
it, it just it just was so overwhelming to him, he couldn't remember that he had a family. He couldn't remember that he was already successful. He couldn't remember that he was already in the army. He couldn't remember that maybe appeal to Caesar or appeal to his captain or that life was worth living or, or, or maybe fight to the end or find the edge or try to escape. He was so ashamed because he lost his job and he just gave in. Now, that's deep because we know When there is a job loss or loss of any kind, it's going to take some sacrifices. He was willing for the sacrifice to be him. Obviously, this wasn't a good choice. You know, I believe this week we've had over 3.3 million people um, actually apply for unemployment. It's the highest unemployment in the last 50 years. This is a COVID-19 crisis. It's something that has resulted from this. And right now you can be feeling uh, shame or you can be feeling lost or you can be feeling like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to replace that income. I'm not going to be able to replace that job. And you feel like your life is no longer worth living and you want to throw in the towel. I beg you, don't do it. And this is what I love. There's somebody there right around you close like Paul and Silas was. There's a sign to encourage you. See, within your confinement, uh, your confinement, it helps you see your assignment. What was their assignment? It was the jailer who was in the worst place in his life. To get to the point that you want to take your own life. I mean, that's tough. Now, it, sometimes it's tough to talk about in a room full of people. And, and you don't maybe have to reveal everything that's going on in your life right now, but maybe you've had those emotions or you've had those feelings or you've had that temptation to kill yourself. And I want to say it just like Paul and Silas. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Life is still worth living. There's hope. Jesus cares. He's got someone assigned to encourage you and to see you. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of the time when I, I worked at the SOS Crisis Center. And what we did was we took suicide calls. And the people who would call in weren't people who were like homeless or, or, or I mean, they were homeless, but they weren't people who were just bums and never had anything or something like that. The people who would call in had doctor degrees and master's degrees and, 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 and law degrees. And they were calling in despairing of life because of a loss of job or the missing of one check. Do you know most Americans are one to two paychecks away from disaster? I'm telling you, no matter what's going on in the economy, your life is worth living. Let me be Paul and Silas to you today. Your life. (laughs) No, I'm not saying it loud enough. Your life is worth living because he lived. Jesus lives. You can face today and you can face tomorrow. And if you need proof, look at Paul and Silas who are in the worst condition you can imagine and they had done nothing wrong, but yet they're praying and praising. Don't say that your confinement is a waste of time. When you pray, when you worship God, you are changing someone else's life. I asked you in the beginning, 
is would you would you would you die for your friend who or would you or would you inconvenience yourself for your friend or would you just run off with every advantage that God gave you and leave everyone else to struggle Paul and Silas taught us something this their 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 confinement helped them see their assignment it was a jailer and he needed them now 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 it wouldn't be enough just to see your assignment you 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 you've you got to do something you have to now help bring them into an alignment with the gospel and the good news of Jesus. And if we, we see here, this man, after, after they start yelling at him, don't kill yourself, he, he gets a light and he, he, he runs into where they are and, 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 he, and he gets down on his knees and, 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 he, and, he, and he says these words and they're amazing words. What must I do to be saved? What must I do? I wondered to myself, I mean, uh, they didn't preach to him yet. How does he even know to ask that question? How does he know how to think that way? Where I think the fame of Paul and Silas had been going all through the city. The whole town came together to see their trial and to see them beaten and thrown into jail. And you know what they were going in jail for? Remember last week's lesson, they cast a spirit, a demonic spirit out of a woman who kept following behind them and say, their assignment is that they are servants of the Most High God and they show the way to salvation. You know, have you ever, has the enemy ever made you feel like no one's listening to the good news you're preaching? Has the enemy ever made you feel like your direct messages, your emails, your posts, your Instagram, your videos of love, your spiritual TikToks, all that, that, that somehow it's not getting through? And all the while, there was someone who needed to hear the good news about who Jesus is that was watching. Someone no one would suspect, the jailer. Who knew the message? And the Bible says they, 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 they turn to him and they begin to tell him, your whole house is going to get saved. They begin to preach that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They begin to tell the good news that tells you what's wrong with you and then how you can solve it. They begin to give him the seed uh, 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 of the gospel that allowed him to begin to have a transformed life. They begin uh, to say all you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. They begin to speak the word to him and they also prophesy your whole house is going to get saved. You know what this man did? This man went from basically dead to a resurrection, from a knife to his stomach to surrendered in the posture of washing the dirt and the blood off of the bodies of Paul and Silas. The scripture says he began to wash their wombs. Immediately he began to wash their wombs. And after he washed them, Paul and Silas said, we're going to baptize you. And it's so funny that he would allow himself and his whole house to be baptized. Because to be a Christian in this city was like a death sentence. And so he went from somebody who had no hope and despair of life 
to an encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They wanted him to live in this moment and take his chances with the life that Christ has prepared for him, no matter what the cost. Isn't that funny? The gospel got rid of shame. The gospel got rid of all the pain of, of losing his job or losing his position. And now him and his whole family are saved. Your life and how you live it matters. Because he stayed, because Paul and Silas stayed in their assignment. I think about the doctors and the nurses and the people in the medical profession who have decided to stay in their assignment. Oh, how grateful I am for you. I'm talking to doctors and, and nurses and praying with them all the time. And they do care about their life. And they do know that there's a probability that they can get COVID-19. But they keep doing their job. I ask them why. Because it's my assignment. It's my act of love. You, it, it, it's, it's, it's so much like Christ to see him do it. And it challenges me. It convicts me to say, what will I do? Will I do my assignment? You know, and will I help others get into alignment with Christ? That's what my assignment is. Your assignment is every single person who's your Facebook follower. Your assignment is everybody following you on Instagram and to be an evangelist on TikTok. You don't have to be uh, 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 what the world is or go to the world's plan. You can use your social media platforms and you can preach the gospel form. And I'm asking everybody, the thousands of you who are watching right now, I'm asking everybody to use your platforms to preach the gospel. What would happen? What would happen if you, if, if you just pick one person and say, I'm going to make sure that the gospel gets to them? Well, I believe it can turn into a neighborhood. Uh, I believe it can turn into a, a whole family. I believe that we could reach the city, love the city with the gospel. Well, do you think it's all about you? You know, the guy who purchased the 17,000 bottles of Purell, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he, he's an example of the human condition. We're hardwired to choose ourselves. But God says, this is a commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. I beg you to have that type of love on the inside of you. So let's do a quick review as I close. Your confinement helps you see clearly your assignment. And then you can bring others into alignment with God, with Jesus. You know what happens? This is your spiritual act of worship. This is loving your neighbor. This is loving your city. This is what life change looks like. There's two people I want to pray for today. I want to pray for the Pauls and Silas that are watching right now. And I want to pray for those who might be feeling like the jailer. For Paul and Silas, I want to tell you, stay faithful. I know that sometimes as a believer, you can experience uh, what might feel like unnecessary pain and, and suffering. But if you keep praying, you'll get a vision from God where he can show you purpose that allows you to stay in that position to see deliverance come to other people. Uh, the second person I want to pray for is maybe you who are part of the 
3.3 million in the United States who have lost, lost your job, lost your livelihood, and you actually do not know what's next. Maybe you've been counting on the stimulus package, but I can tell you that no matter what it does, it's a, it's a moment. It's not everything you need. It's a moment. And I don't want you to feel like your life is over because Christ has provided for you something greater. It's called eternal life. It's called forgiveness of sins. It's called blotting out of your transgressions, moving them as far as the east is from the west. It's called a fresh start. It's called being forgiven. It's called being given a destiny and a hope in the future. He gives you this today. So I don't know which group you're in, but I'm going to pray for both of you. And if you're in the jailer group, when this prayer is over, I actually want you to begin to chat, or you can begin right now to type in, I'm, I'm that jailer. I'm that broken person. I'm that person who's just lost my job or lost my way. I'm the person who was about to um, take my life. And then I heard you call out, don't do it. I want you to type in or I want you to, 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 to actually call us or, we, or just as you look on the screen, we'll, we'll begin to have ways for you to communicate with us right now. And for you, the believers and the saints, over these next two weeks, next Sunday is Palm Sunday and then we have Easter Sunday. What an evangelistic opportunity. What's your homework? You are going to make a video or make a post send it to everyone you know. And it needs to be simple. Within two minutes, it could be your testimony or it could be a prayer for people. But just let them know Jesus loves them. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every one of these, my friends, the people that you laid down your life for, that you've died for, that you were raised again to redeem. May their life never be the same after hearing the preaching teaching of the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that if they feel like the jailer, that they would have the result the jailer had. What must I do to be saved? Them and their whole house get saved. If they're Paul and Silas, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would stay in their assignment, get people in alignment, and God, that you would continue to bless them as you did by bringing them out of the prison. God bless us today. We thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. I look forward to next week with you. I look forward to seeing what God's going to do in our community through you. God bless you, and I can't wait to see you back here for Bethel Online. Prayer is a vital part of life at Bethel. Because of the current COVID-19 health crisis, we are temporarily suspending all on-site prayer meetings. But that does not mean we'll stop praying together. Join us Monday through Friday at noon for a 30-minute prayer call.
Thank you so much for joining us for service this morning. It wouldn't be the same without you. I want to make sure that there's some clear next steps for you. If you need prayer in any sort of way on the Bethel app, you can scroll down and hit prayer requests where that's going to go straight to our prayer team where we can partner with you. You want to make sure that you stay up to date with everything that's happening around the Bethel World family because it's not just service on a Sunday that makes the church, but it's the community of faith that we surround ourselves with. And in this time, community is more important than ever. So make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, we're Bethel World, and on Facebook, it's Bethel World Outreach Church. We can't wait to see you with some interactive content and things throughout the week. God bless you and thank you. Together, we're reaching a city to touch the world.